2: Eurotrip, when I read that, I was immediately thinking of the movie. Do you know the movie?
0: Hi, I'm Leanne.
2: Hello, Leanne. Uh, Leanne, are you a Eurotrip podcast listener?
0: I am, yes! <laughs> I, I should say, I met some Eurotrip fans here. I was chatting with people outside the entrance, and they said, oh, are you, are you Philip Fist? And I said, yeah, I know you're from the Eurotrip.
2: What did you have for breakfast?
0: It was last night. I did not have a kebab for breakfast.
2: Queen Laureen, Eurovision winner... Did you ever think you would be back here again?
3: I get goosebumps. No way!
2: Martin Ostadar, Executive Supervisor at the Eurovision Song Contest. Welcome to the Eurotrip. Thank you very much. Welcome back, I think it is, right? Hello and welcome to the Eurotrip, the world's favourite Eurovision podcast. It's James here with you for possibly the most emergency episode we've ever had to do. Because at precisely 10 o'clock in the morning, UK time, on the morning of Monday, the 5th of February, 2024, my phone went ping as I was eating breakfast and it delivered the news that the one and only Petra Merda is back. Yes, she will be the host of the 2024 Eurovision Song Contest in Malmö, Sweden in May. Uh, This will be the third time she's hosted the contest. And I don't think it's too much of a stretch to say that she is one of, if not the, most loved presenter we've ever seen on the Eurovision stage. Let's not forget, she will be hosting this year alongside a huge Hollywood actress in Malene Ockerman... Uh, she's Swedish-born, was raised in Canada, uh, and now lives in the USA. You'll know her from The Comeback and Entourage, as well as The Heartbreak Kid and Watchman. But for Eurovision fans, we are delighted to have Petra making her return. So on today's emergency episode, we'll be hearing what Eurovision means to Petra in her own words. <laughs> Yes, the excitement levels are still very, very high as the news broke just a matter of minutes ago, uh, as I'm recording this at uh, 50 minutes precisely. As I look at the clock on the wall over there, uh, what do you think of the news? We'd love to hear from you. Uh, do let us know. We are at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter and Instagram. We are also hello at EurotripPodcast.com on the email. I'd love to know what you think of Petra making her Eurovision return. Eight years after we last saw her on that Eurovision stage in Stockholm. But back in 2021, for our first series of the contest and me here on the Eurotrip, we brought you an incredibly rare English language interview with Petra to get to know more about her and all about her love of the Eurovision Song Contest. So to celebrate the news of her return this year, we thought we'd bring you that conversation in full, either for you to listen again, or if you're a brand new listener, and if you are welcome, of course, uh, for you to hear it for the very first time. Now on the contest and me, we always ask our guests the very same questions. So we like to find out their first Eurovision memory, their favourite Eurovision song, the moment they fell in love with the contest. Basic questions, yes, but the stories our guests tell us are always fascinating. And Petra is no exception. But when I spoke to Petra, I of course had to start with one very crucial question. Petra, before we get going, before I welcome you on, I must get you to finally put to bed exactly how we pronounce your name. Because so many people say it in so many different ways. So Petra, tell us how we would say your name.
0: Petra Mede
2: ah wonderful wonderful
0: okay, well is it can you repeat it james
2: oh i don't know if i should because i'll just embarrass myself maybe i should just leave it to you and i shall just call you okay. petra from now on how about
3: that you can
0: say Petra, yes the thing is so funny because my dad always said oh we gave you and your sister international names but actually they did not they, because they can say petra mead but the thing is people say petra media which is actually more uh more correct way of saying it if you want to sound a little bit Swedish so but it's awkward for, for for anyone who's not Swedish I think yeah
2: it is never mind we can we can move on with it anyway Petra thank you so much yes, for joining good. us thank you so much oh, for joining us here I'm on the so podcast
0: happy. Oh. we've
2: got loads to chat about I imagine you've got some wonderful stories but should we start by talking about Eurovision 2021 did you watch it what did you think about it this year
0: I did, because I was longing for the Eurovision since, I mean, well, because of, we all know, uh, the, the COVID, everything has been, like, up and down, and I think people have been longing for things that unite us and get us together, and so I was really longing for the Eurovision Song Contest this year. Yes, yes, I saw it, yeah, and I... Well, I will not say uh, the country I voted for. There were many, many good songs, um, and uh, yes, it was. I was so pleased that they were able to to do it, and it was great fun. Yes.
2: Why? Why aren't you going to tell us who you voted for? Is it a secret? Are you not allowed to tell anybody?
0: Uh, <laughs> well, the thing is, okay, I might as well tell you. I think there were many great songs. The thing is, the Icelandic uh, song last year when the eurovision never it, it wasn't held
2: at all was it no I no not at all
0: i really loved that song so actually i would have liked that song to win so i i still got you know my heart was pumping for the icelandic um because it was the same guy singing i forgot his name right now Daddy and, uh, yeah exactly so i i think uh i i i really like that song i i think it was uh, but the, the first one last year was even better. Actually, I would have liked that song to win.
2: What did you think about Tusa, of course, representing Sweden this year? How did uh, how oh, did you enjoy him this year?
0: Wonderful, of course. Of course, we always want Sweden to win. Or um, the thing is, actually, I don't really mind what country wins because I think the 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 contest is bigger than that. It's actually more like a a big party, and the the most important thing is that people come together through music. So that's actually what I think the Eurovision Song Contest stands for, more than being a, a, a song contest, which is also of course uh, nice, but um, I think the party and the love around it. And uh, of course, Tuss uh, is also very close to my heart. And here in Sweden, he, we have this um, radio show every year, summertime, summertime called Sommar i Piet, Summer in in the piet was in this channel and he uh talked for one hour and a half about his life and his background and the eurovision and you know the whole country listened to him and we all fell even more in love with him you know he's just such a wonderful person and his voice is also i mean i love the song and what it was about and 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 everything yeah
2: Uh, you must have watched melody festival in this year as well i imagine it looked a little bit different how we've seen in recent years without the crowd but did you watch it did yes. you enjoy it did they do a good job
0: absolutely absolutely i think uh, n- not to be bragging too much but i think that sweden uh, thanks to many people um uh, kriste björkman of course and uh, edward Ossilian, and and many many more have made the, the Swedish uh, competition, which is called Melodifestivalen, uh, you know, a great show that is like a tradition that you know, the majority of the Swedes watch it. Uh, this year, um, actually uh, a dear friend of mine, Anna Granott uh, and Mickey Mortenson, they were um, responsible for uh, everything that was around the competition, like the comedy and the sketches and the uh, hosts and everything. And so they were like different hosts every time uh, without an audience, but on a great stage. And uh, it was in the final, it was Mons selmelev and uh, uh, Shima varani who's a great artist. And um, yeah, I think they did a very, very good job. And it was one uh, spectacular um uh, what do you say? Do you say number or is like a spectacular? Yeah, number yeah. made by Penny Volgerian and Per Andersson, who are two comedians and singers here in Sweden. And they just blew us away. And I think uh, Anna and Mickey, who made this um, number, they were just one of the best things I've, I've ever seen. You know, things were put on fire and they were hanging down from the ceiling. and. It was it was a number where everything that can go wrong did go wrong. So it was, yeah. Oh, I think, well, they did a great job. And the thing is, I think that all the, the sweets working in the media or artists, we have become kind of used to not having an audience, sadly. I mean, we love when the audience is there, but we have had to cope as best, as good as we can. So everything on the telly has been, you know, I've been doing other shows on the Channel 4 and... Um, Uh, Let's Dance, which you also have in England, of course, but you call call it Let's Dance, yeah. Yeah. Strictly
2: Come Dancing, we call it. Strictly Come
0: Dancing, yeah. yeah. And, I mean, we are used to having, you know, so many people around, and we did it without any audience, and somehow we managed to make something else out of it and uh, even become somewhat used to it. So, So I think that the Swedish television as a whole has coped, but we are longing for the audience, of
2: course. And it was the final year of Krista Bjorkman, of course. You mentioned him yourself. He's just done a remarkable job over the last 20 years or so. You must know him quite well as well. I imagine you've worked with him a few times too.
0: Yes, yes, I absolutely... um, Well, I I don't know everything about him. I I know that he's very tired in the morning. (laughs) 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 That I learned. Uh, He made such a good concept. And he made the Swedish uh, festival. Something that was concerning almost everyone, you know, from from children to elderly, and uh, and very uh, a show that was very including, and where also new artists can can make great success. And uh, yeah, the, the, the Swedish competition has become very very important. I don't know if it's that important in other countries. Actually, how is your national show? Uh, doing uh i mean because you do have a competition i mean it wasn't months um yeah Mons so we seemed,
2: uh, from 2016 to 2019 we had a national final but it was just one show on one evening it was very small ah,
0: but is the eurovision song contest uh, as big um eh, as it is in sweden in in great britain yeah. or in the uk yeah.
2: it's very popular especially on the hmm. evening but i think a lot of people watch it because they don't like it and they like to sort of making a ah. comments about it and stuff like that. Okay. So uh, I think the Swedish audience really appreciates it. Whereas a lot of the UK audience doesn't sadly, but maybe that yeah. will change. Maybe that'll change. I
0: think that because that was actually the way Swedes uh, looked upon uh, the Eurovision Song Contest before like 20 years ago. But I think uh, Christy Birkman changed that into um, taking, taking it more seriously. Of course we can still have like yeah, entries that are uh, more comic. I mean, mm. we still can see that in the Eurovision Song Contest, and then you can laugh at it. But at the same time, we consider it a very, you know, kind of high-profile uh, competition. With we had our opera singer um, Malena who participated, who is like an international opera star. And um, if you talk about credibility, I think um, the Melody Festival has um, earned more credibility in the in the 20 years that Tissi uh, Björkman uh, has worked
2: with it. We'll talk a little bit more about the UK and the BBC a little bit later, but I want to wind the clock back. I don't know how many years, maybe you'll tell me, because I want to know what your very first Eurovision memory is. Can you remember seeing Eurovision for the very first time?
0: The answer is so easy, because I'm in the, in the spot of the ABBA era, you know. I was born in 1970, so when I was four years old, they won, you know, I... Every Swede uh, watched um, Waterloo when they won uh, with the song Waterloo in in Great Britain, actually in UK. Yeah. yeah. So that is my that's my absolute first. That's actually almost the first memory as a as a as a human being <laughs> because it was so big. And I remember running down to the what do you call the kindergarten or how do you say it in uh, the school the the, the school yeah, yeah. Um, like preschool and. Uh, we were like hysterical and they had newspapers there and we were cutting out, you know, the head of agnetta and Frida and uh, pretending to be them. And it was just so big,
2: so big. So your first memory is in fact four years old and you somehow yes. remember ABBA and the Eurovision Song Contest, that's madness. Yes, yes,
0: yes, yes. And I think one of my, well, the absolute first record I got, I think my dad uh, bought it. It was the, the Waterloo, uh, the ABBA record, yeah.
2: Wow, that's remarkable. I know you were very young, but, you know, hearing stories from, you know, maybe people who are older than you or your parents, did did Waterloo and did ABBA change the contest in Sweden, do you think? Absolutely.
0: Yes, yes. I mean, I, I, I wasn't there to experience how it was before, but I don't think Sweden really... Well, you know, the 70s was quite like a left... Uh, Politically, we were quite on the left wing here in Sweden. And I think the Eurovision uh, and even ABBA was considered a little bit commercial. So it was not, you know, um, if you wanted to be like real cool and have a lot of credibility, you were like uh, very into alternative uh, uh, artists and things like that. But I think ABBA really changed it in 1974 and we everyone just f- fell in love with them and the contest. So from there on, I think it became... Uh, bigger than it had
2: been before. So when do you think you first fell in love with the Eurovision Song Contest? It's a question we ask everybody. When do you ah. think that moment was that it just you just sort of clicked with it and you just realized, I really love this Eurovision Song Contest?
0: Well, the thing is that I would have to be boring uh, to say that it was that year. I mean, I had never—I was only four. I don't remember what I had seen before, but I know that from from that day, uh, I always was so thankful to the Eurovision Song Contest for for letting ABBA win or let or having ABBA as winners. And uh, I mean, they were like. Abba and the Eurovision were like for me as a child, the same thing. Yeah. so so therefore i would I would say that I have uh, seen it more or less ever since. And then I think I fell, well, of course, I fell in love with it when I was hosting it <laughs> <laughs> because then I really I then I really got into it in another way, and I met so many people that were like, fans and should I say fanatics uh, and then I you know I I just um, had no distance to it at all so so I would say uh, starting working with it made me even falling more in love
2: yeah I can't wait to find out some more stories about 2013 <laughs> and 2016 when you hosted. It. I'd love to know a little bit more about when you know you're growing up and you're getting a bit older, and you know what are some of your other memories about watching Eurovision on TV or even Melody Festival on TV? Because you know we must mention that Melody Festival is as big as Eurovision in Sweden.
0: The thing is, it is sometimes, uh, sometimes I would say it's actually bigger because it's. Or, or equally big, you know, we, we, we care just as much as about, uh, about uh, Melisgestevalen as the Eurovision Song Contest. So when it comes to Melisgestevalen, I remember uh, when I was like nine or ten, we always, when I went to school, because I went downhill, I, I lived up on a hill and I went down and I went with my friends, and if you started singing there, it was like an echo over the valley where I lived uh, in Gothenburg. And there was uh, an artist called uh, Ted Gärdestad, and he had a song called Satellite that he won with. Uh, satellite, Satellite, oh, oh. Satellite, oh. the kids just you know singing and the the echo over the valley uh just you know uh being so in love with with this uh, song and and this guy that is like uh, a great memory and also uh i remember you must correct me when it comes to the years in um wasn't it in 1980 making your mind up and if you want to see some more 1981
2: Uh, i think it was
0: 1981, yeah. yeah. that I think that was maybe one of, after ABBA, that was the second song that I really fell in love with. And I think the, the show, when they pulled the, the, the skirts off the girls and they were like sporty and that, yeah. I always wanted to be one of the girls. I love it when it's a group of two boys and two girls, obviously.
2: <laughs> oh, honestly, those stories are just.
0: And we actually had one, I'm sorry to interrupt. We had Bjorn Kvifs, also um, a great Swedish artist. And he was singing in the Eurovision, um, It always gets worse when the night comes, because I miss you and everything. And he forgot his lyrics in the Eurovision Song Contest uh, when he was singing live. But I don't think anybody uh, who was not Swedish uh, noticed. But all the Swedes, you know, we were, today we were laughing, but we were like shaking because he was just saying nonsense. He was saying nothing, blah, 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 Zom blah, blah, blah. I remember being like this uh but the thing is that nobody else in other countries that they didn't understand it so but he he really forgot all the lyrics and I don't know if that ever has happened le- before or later so that's also a strong memory yeah
2: <laughs> I'm surprised you never forgot any of your lyrics when in 2013 and 16 when you did some of your songs when you were hosting I don't know how you ever remembered <sighs> all of the lyrics
0: you know when we did this uh uh a number, do you see a number? Yeah, a number yeah, yeah. called uh, uh, the Swedish smorgasbord Board uh, in 2013, which was like almost seven minutes long. Uh, it was a song and a, uh, a big show about everything that is Swedish. I come from a country that's hard to find Somewhere near the icy pole But though we are freezing, please bear in mind Sweden, it's gonna warm your soul. Our people are cold, but our elks are hot. A horny horde in every fjord. Our moves may be loose, but they hit the spot on our Swedish smugglers' A tour of our uh, it was hilarious, but I remember at I don't I think it was like one o'clock the same night before we were still rehearsing it. And, you know, there were so many things coming on stage. It was so much logistics about it. And I was coming off stage from that side, running with those dancers, coming... I, was I sitting on a moose? I don't even remember. And then the lyrics, and it got faster and faster. And, you know, it was just crazy. But but everyone, and I remember Ed, Edvard Edward who is, you know, I think every. Everyone who loves the Eurovision knows about Edward. He directed this uh, this great number, and you know, I just put all my faith and trust in him. I think we all did. But you know, when we rehearsed it the first time, and I think Edward said that afterwards that you know, but they didn't tell us who were on stage that they you know they just said, but we're not going to make it. This is not this is it's not going to be possible to do this. It's just just too crazy. Uh, and the thing is that 2016. Uh, Edward uh, had the same high ambitions as he always has, and uh, then Moss and I did this um, love, love, uh,
2: a piece love, love, peace, peace,
0: a peace, peace. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> exactly. Uh, uh, that was also like yeah, almost the same thing. Although I think it was a couple of minutes shorter, but it was the same thing. You know, the ambition we had, or that the, everyone had, with so many dancers and the, 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 all the cameras. Ah, oh, you know, I still, I'm amazed that I participated in
2: this. <laughs> what was 2013 like? When Do you remember getting the call to say, Petra, we'd love you to present the Eurovision Song Contest? And you must have thought when you got asked, OK, but who else am I going to do it with? Because you were the first person in, I think, about 18 years to host it solo. You were the first person to host three shows because you did the semifinals solo. Yes, yes. Um, mm-hmm. you, you, you're mad, aren't you?
0: Yeah, well... <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I absolutely remember uh, getting a call. I, I think it was uh, Krister, Edward, and um, the new EBU director, just uh, out of his name. Yeah, all Martin Estadal. Martin, I said Mathias, Martin Nistardal, of course. They invited me to a dinner. Uh, and I actually, the thing is that I was pregnant uh, and expecting a baby in January. So, so I, you know, I didn't even think about being an option because I knew that the Eurovision was going to be held in in May, and uh, I mean, for me, I knew that of course I can do it, but but I thought people maybe think that I will be on mother's leave or maternity yeah, leave for Saturday, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, um, wish I. I never were, or <laughs> have been, because uh, I love my baby and I love working, and uh, I've taken her with me. Uh, so when I had this dinner, of course I, I, you know, I did the math and said all these three people are are in working with the Eurovision Song Contest, so maybe it has something to do with that. And then, well, you know, we finished dinner, and uh, uh, then uh, they asked, I don't know if it was Christer or if it, uh, Martin, I think what would you say about hosting the Eurovision? Um, and I mean, of course I said I, I wanted to, but from there it was a lot of work and planning before everything was arranged. But uh, yeah, it was an unforgettable moment. And I'm, you know, I'm so thankful. I'm so grateful for for having had this opportunity because, you know, they have been the the gigs of my life. Together with the, the Hammersmith, when I... Um, Hosted with uh, Graham Norton, uh, you know those three moments were, you know,
2: the the greatest uh, I've experienced. So, what was it like for 2016 then? Because you must have thought after 2013, you must mm-hmm. have thought, okay, that's once in a lifetime. What an amazing experience! And then they come back and ask you to do it again.
0: I I, I could never foresee this. It was I, I, but the thing is, I think that proposal came quite early earlier than um the first time so i mean kristen and martin and edward has they have to speak for themselves because i don't know how the decision was made but i think they made the decision quite early because they got in contact with me and and months quite early yeah
2: and what was it like working yeah, with Mons? Because you would have, I presume, 2009 Melody Festival, and you hosted yeah. that, of course, and Mons was mm. there. So, of course, you've worked mm. with them and met him before. What was mm. it like to work with them at the contest in 2016? That must have, I mean, it looked like a whole lot of fun.
0: Ah, was so much fun. You were actually asking me about the first time also if I thought I was going to host it with someone. Uh, but I don't think. That have no. We were thinking about one host that, or they wanted to have one host. But the second time, I don't know who was asked first, but I think that both Mons and I just screamed yes because you know we just uh, we haven't worked that much together since two thousand and nine. But you know we've known each other and um, and I think he's so much fun. He's uh, he's a comedian, just as I am a singer. Not. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but you know and once we started singing uh, oh no sorry rehearsing uh we just you know we just knew that this is going to be so much fun and I hope that that also uh went through the, the 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 tv screen that people could see because I think that if you see two people having fun and then that they enjoy each other that makes everything so much easier and you kind of Uh, get into the same mood as they are. I even saw some signs with your name on it, Mons.
2: Yes, thankfully I have a couple of monsters in the audience. A few what? Monsters. That's what my fans are called. Monsters.
0: Very interesting. Well, uh, you know, I also have some fans.
2: Oh, yeah? Yes. (laughs) And...
0: And
3: what are they called?
0: They are called very intelligent people.
2: How much did you work with Edward? You've already mentioned him a few times already. But of course, I imagine the relationship must have been really close between you, Mons, and Edward to make sure that showed.
0: <coughs> really close, yes, yes, extremely close. Yeah, it was, I mean, it, it was like we were almost isolated doing our thing uh, for many months. And then, you know, we came into the big production. But I think that is also very important when you work with the the, the director and the, the writer, that you get into the same mood. Uh, and we were really getting the, the, the vision that Edward uh, had for us. And, uh, you know, he's also very so cooperative. So we made it and he knows us so well. So he knew, I, I would say there was really nothing we had to like change or so. Uh, his vision was, was something we we bought from the very first minute. And then Mons, I mean, I think I really discovered how f- much fun he was and uh, how extremely professional he is. And, you know, I-, I would say because all of the people in the telly, you know, we can be moody and it's a lot of nervousness and, and things, but he's always, you know, just keeping calm or not as, or at least not, at least not, not showing us if he's irritated or so. And... I would say the only thing uh, Edward and I didn't um, agree on with Mons was coming out to his uh, uh, country house, <laughs> because Edward and I are so much of city people, and uh, from the beginning uh, Mons told us, "Oh, we have to come out to you know we can spend the weekend in, in on, on the countryside and and uh, we can swim." And, and Edward and I, we were just trying to procrastinate you know yes of course we will but you know but we never got there because we were too lazy and too much of city peoples <laughs> so he never got to show the great house and now it's sold and he probably bought a bigger one so so we were making a little bit fun of that but yeah Ah, oh, he's he was so ah, oh, it was so much fun and it was also i mean it was so great to to, to host it uh alone because that's also sometimes easier because you know you don't you just have to rely on yourself and if you if you make a mistake or so you don't have to um be responsible uh, for somebody else's um you know if if I don't do everything right I feel responsible for months whereas if I forget words or things and I'm doing it myself I can kind of rescue the situation so first I was a little bit nervous that how am I going to and I'm also quite Uh, individualistic, you know, like having things my way and so forth. And uh, and Mons, and I was thinking, how is it going to be? And the thing is that Mons uh, actually just made me feel much more safe and uh, also funnier because he laughed at me and I love people who laugh at me. And he was also so much fun. So, so, you know, I I would love to work with Mons again. He's
2: just great another one on 2016, the semi-final, the interval act, where you do this, you know, this big grand number, you know what I'm going to ask, the the part where you've got to do the languages, you've got to sing Mm. all of these languages that Uh. have always, have ever been performed at the contest, Mm. you're shaking Mm. your head, you look stressed already, Mm. just me mentioning it, Uh. go on, tell Mm, (laughs) me. Yeah,
0: I would say, well, first of all, I should say that when it comes to my preference, I since I'm like I like this old Hollywood dub, so I think that number is just as as great as because love, love, peace, peace has become you know like a kind of a, a song that every all the fans know. Uh, but I would really like to emphasize also this this number. It was so classy and it was really up my alley, is that what yep. you're saying? Or down my alley. Um, so, so, yeah, but it was so hard, it, it, all, all the, and, and Mons was so much better than I was. So, so yeah, ah, oh, we were rehearsing day and night, it was so fast. Uh, I, I think, well, we shouldn't compare, but I, I would say Mons did it somewhat better, but it was, yeah, ah. Oh.
2: And that was live, wasn't it? it you, it's that- all
0: Edward's fault. No, who wrote the lyrics? I should have a talk to that person. <laughs>
2: And it was it was live, wasn't it? You weren't miming, you were actually singing those words live on the night.
3: Crazy,
0: crazy. Where else can you hear a romance and Luxembourgish song? We've had two songs with sign language and three in a made-up tongue. Antirian, Creole, Norwegian, Vero, Viennese, Neapolitan, Catalan, Udmurt, Montenegrin, and Maltese asia Greek, Albanian, Slovak, Ukrainian, Romanian, Russian,
2: Romanian, Crimean, Slovenian, Hebrew, Armenian, Arabic, and Lithuanian
0: Portuguese, Macedonian, Britain, Estonian, Pontic, Croatian, Bulgarian, Georgian, Italian, Bosnian, Latvian, Latvian Korskian, Serbian, German, Hungarian Polish, English, and Irish, and Finnish, Swedish, Swedish Spanish, Spanish, and
3: Dutch Symposium, Turkish, Canadian, Portuguese, Danish, and French, French and though not very much And though I don't know Czech, Swahili, is Amy, or Greek it is the
2: language that we all know
0: how to speak that's your it's your and, and, and 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 not only that but i mean when it comes to singing and and just you know it was a kind of lot of choreography uh, at the same time and also there we had all the dancers you know they were standing in that line or there so you can't make any mistakes that's what i mean what when you are if you're standing alone on stage i would say that's actually the easiest thing because you can you can if you feel safe i mean and as a comedian i'm comedian from 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 the beginning you can always kind of get through things but when you're in this great show and everyone you you have to rely on each other you know i can't just bump into a dancer or or you know everyone will fall and so but the only thing i i i miss is not being able to do it again because you know those things we do it once. Of course, that is also the, the charm of it. But, you know, sometimes you want to say, oh, I would like to do that again. I would like to do those two numbers, you know, hundred times more, but
2: it's it's
0: one off. That's also the great part of vision that it's it's uh, direct and it's live and it's it never comes back. It's, yeah.
2: Yeah, it's absolutely marvelous. And thankfully you did a wonderful job both times. Um, I want to ask you about your favourite Eurovision year. I know we've talked a lot about 2013 and 2016. Mm. So maybe you can Mm. try and choose between them. But also another of your favourite years where you didn't host just because of the songs or something else. Can you try and choose a favourite year as well?
0: When it comes to the earlier Eurovision song contests, I I mainly remember the songs actually more than the show around it. And I, I think that's also because the... The show around it has become so much bigger the last years. Uh, I mean, I remember, of course, um, Lilim Fosch, uh, a Swedish host in 1985, should that be? Yeah. When she got her dress. I mean, that is like, uh, and she is, you know, she is like a role model for me because she is so calm and sure of herself. And uh, I was so inspired by her. So that was, you know, I'm sounding very nationalistic, but of course it's it's more fun when your own country is hosting it. And that's also what you remember. So I remember that. Also when Germany did it a couple of years ago when they had the, uh, I think it was great. What was the, 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 the girl, the comedian's name? I don't have it now, but I think she was so much fun and they did a, a, a great job also. And I remember uh, what year was that? If you music dance with me if you to no 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 you know that song me and my best friend i think we were around 9 10 we wrote a swedish version uh, the swedish lyrics to that song and then we sent it to the swedish television and said that we had written the whole song and we wanted to perform it in the swedish but of course they understood that this was this was, was not our song so we never got to sing it but I remember the Swedish lyrics. On du It was, yeah, we translated into Swedish. It's, that's so it's now these are like just a glimpse of different Eurovision song contests.
2: I know I, I asked you for your favorite year, and you've mentioned about 20 different years, but I'm gonna let you off yeah. because <laughs> I'm, okay. not, I'm not gonna force you to choose one, but it it mm. moves us nicely on to favorite eurovision song and for somebody who isn't a singer you've sung quite a lot so far mm-hmm. but, <laughs> but which is wonderful i must say but can well, you well don't
0: my manager never thought it was a great idea just <laughs> saying, you can't sing well i did i did my best i always wanted to be a singer at all i would have loved to have participated in the melody festival but i don't think i'm that much of a singer but i do sing you know no one can stop me from singing in the bathroom yeah uh, uh, so, or at the Eurovision Song Contest.
2: <laughs> well, now we're, we're at the time where the submission window is open for Melody Festival mm. And Are you, Petra, going to write a song, enter a song? Are we going to see you in Melody Festival in 2022? Well,
0: the thing is, I must tell you, I had a dream. I don't know if it was a, a nightmare or if it was, a, a, what what is the contrary, the, a, a wonderful dream. Uh, I dreamt that I was going to participate in the Melody Festival because I think I have like a little, yeah, you know, there's something that I, I can't let go of. And the thing is that everything was in the dream. Everything was arranged very quickly. They said, oh, we have a song here. You're going to sing it tomorrow. And you're not announced, but we will, you know, we will tell it during the, the, the show that you are coming. So I hardly learned the song. And, you know, I was trying to do the dance steps. And, you know, my manager said, this isn't good, you know, but, you know, now we have promised, And I just said, but am I going to, you know, is my going to, Am I going to spoil my career as a as a host and a comedian by doing this? And, you know, my managers say, yeah, you might. Do. But the, everyone was like, you know, like clapping, like when you're at school and people are. Yeah, do it, do it, do it. And then you kind of do something that you never should have done. And uh, I remember waking up all wet and sweaty uh, just when I was. A goat to start singing.
2: So maybe the dream was was an omen. Don't do it. Stick to Absolutely. stick to comedy. Stick to presenting. That's, yes, that's your area. Exactly. Don't do yeah, any more singing. <laughs> what about your favourite song then? Have you got some favourites that you always like to listen to? Have you got some that always come to mind when people ask you about your favourite ever Eurovision song? It's hard. It's a hard one, isn't it? It's a difficult question. It depends on it's what day of the year. I, I
0: actually have to. Okay, let's just mention some of those that I frequently sing. Of course, it's ABBA, it's Puppet on a String, it's Cliff Richard, it's Making Your Mind Up. I, I, I constantly go back to, ah, oh, the Belgium, j'aime, j'aime la vie. Um, oh, how? Oh. And then, of course, Montsel Melev's Heroes, I think, is, ah, uh, uh, of course He
2: would love yeah. to hear you say that wouldn't he I bet you he loves it when you tell him That's one of your favourite ever songs He loves it doesn't he
0: Yeah well yeah I hope he does <laughs> But I think it was It had everything It was so powerful And um, and um, Euphoria is also I, I mean I sound very nationalistic But I think Euphoria is I've heard it in so many versions I actually heard it in a um, Uh, an an orchestra symphonic symphonic orchestra played, and there i actually spoke to the director and said what what do you think about this melody and this um as a as a piece of music and she said it's just it's fantastic and she comes from the you know classical music side and um she said that 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 melody is so universal and uh, also fits in different kind of styles so and then there's Johnny Logan, of course. When I when I when I was at the Hammersmith uh, and he came up, started singing on stage, ah, oh, what's another year? Yeah, no, I'm sorry. I i the answer is what's another year. What's another
2: year for someone?
0: I, I can't really decide, but if I should, uh, I remember, I mean, that's the only song that made me cry. Of course, I was also in that age when you cry a lot. So, so, and I remember actually going out with a boy, like, what, what year was, uh, what's another year? Well, uh,
2: 1980, eight, I think.
0: 1980, okay. Well, a couple, well, shortly after, or maybe three years after, I actually shortly went out with a boy whom I thought looked exactly like Johnny Logan. Uh, well, I never married, so so, um, I didn't marry the Johnny Logan, but I mean, I remember one of the reasons I fell in love was that he looked like Johnny Logan. Uh, so, <laughs> so I have to say, I have to say, uh, yeah. And the other Johnny Logan song is, "Homie." Oh, no, what's not a year is better, yeah. No, I'll stick to that, I'll stick to that, yeah.
2: Have you um Have you ever met Johnny Logan?
0: Well, I met him then um, and we had like an after party after the the celebration of the Eurovision Song Contest. Uh, I talked to him briefly, but I was very starstruck, so I don't think I said many words, uh, but he seemed very, very nice and very polite and yeah, uh, a little bit older, just like
2: we all. Shall we move on to your most memorable Eurovision moment? I imagine it's going to come from either twenty thirteen or twenty sixteen, given just how much fun you had there.
0: I would say, uh...
2: <laughs> it's another difficult one, isn't it? Because I'm trying to think of twenty thirteen and twenty sixteen, and for a lot of people, yeah, I would
0: say I would say one moment that was. Off stage, and that is in 2013 when me and Edward we were like, you know, we never parted. And then there was like a little pre-party where all the contestants—it uh, was like a red carpet—and the uh, the contestants and their crew were coming in to uh, like the concert hall in Malmo, and they were being greeted by the, like the commune uh, i don't know what you call that—the the, the like the mayor or what you say in, in that city uh, they were being greeted and we were, they were being invited to, you know, having champagne and eat a little bit. So, and I, me and Edward, we were also standing um, there to greet everyone. And I was all dressed up and in makeup and everything. But the thing is that nobody noticed me. So <laughs> I just, me and Edward, we had so much fun because in the beginning we were standing, you know, and I was, you know, re- greeting the artists, and you know they—they they were so—they were not full of themselves, but they had a lot to think about. And I don't think that their their priority was to think about oh, who is hosting this? So, so you know, they saw my face; they'd never seen it before, and they were, you know, hardly pressed. They just thought this is one of the uh, oh yeah. And I said, I- I'm Pietro, I'm going to host. Oh, okay, okay. And then, you know, so that was the the, the first the first artist, but after like 30 minutes, they didn't even say hi to me because they were just, want, they wanted to have the champagne and partings, talking to the mayor and the principal of everything. And, you know, so after like 20 minutes, and I have a back problem, so I was really tired. And, you know, Edward, he gave me a chair and we both sat down and we were like so moved out of the center of this event. <laughs> Although I was the host of the of the Eurovision, that was really, you know, that was a reality check that we we were like not in the center of everybody's mind. But I remember laughing a lot about that, and I also remember, you know, now we can laugh at it. But uh, I remember also the night before the finals when, in 2013, when Edward and I um, were rehearsing the 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 voting, and we had to like get contact with all the different countries, and I had a address. Uh, from Jean Paul Gaultier, and it literally weighed 13 kilos. I don't know how much that is in pounds. 13 kilos, and I already had a back problem. So what we did actually, we put a chair um, because the, the 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 skirt was so big. So we actually had there was room enough for the chair. And I, I if I don't remember wrong, I think Edward at a point was sitting under under inside my skirt <laughs> when. we... <laughs> You know, coming with a with a chair uh, when the camera wasn't something else, and we at eight at one o'clock at night we were still rehearsing, and you know we 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 were almost in tears because we were so tired, and you know we had the, we had already made the the two semifinals, and I don't know if people understand how much this week of work is because we do we well we basically do two shows a day the whole week, so you know when we do it live we had already we have already rehearsed it from, from top to end, I think three times. So, and when you do that, yeah, I mean, you are just exhausted. And I remember Mons Selmelev also, he he had so much energy in the beginning. And I remember thinking, ah, he's going to be tired, you know, after, uh, and, uh, you know, in the middle of the week. uh, And I remember once coming to his, um, I think we had done the two semifinals. And, you know, Mons is always so polite and, but, for once he had put like a note on his um dressing room. Uh I'm sleeping, don't disturb me. And then I understood that oh also, even he even he could become a little bit uh, tired because it uh, so anyway, yeah, so so I, I remember I remember that night when we were almost like crying of tiredness, I have yeah. because of yeah. I could well imagine. I don't answer your questions very well. I give you like five answers every
2: time. Honestly, it's fine. We're getting loads of stories from you. I've got two more questions. We've done loads about looking back at the past. Can we do a couple where we look ahead to the future? Yes, of course. One, uh, which we've gotten so many great answers from all the other people we've spoken to, is about the UK. And if you were in charge, if you were the head of delegation, if you were the person to choose what would happen to the UK going forward, so try and make the UK better again Mm. like it used to be Mm. what would you do
0: Mm. yeah uh well i yeah I, I think it's a pity if it is, as you say, uh, not taken as seriously or, or just being mocked of. Or, or, or I don't know how the rates are when when it comes to viewers or if it's high or low or is it the view, low? The,
2: view, the viewers or, are very good actually because of a lot oh, of people. Are. Yeah, so that oh, it, okay. it well, always that's... gets a lot of people watching it. But like I say, a lot of people watch it because they like to make fun of it or they like to make yeah. it ridiculous. Well, I
0: think that it. one one thing that. Um, uh, edward and, and Christa and martin and well many people working with the the contest uh, did was to be a little bit self-aware and also be able to make fun of yourselves that you that in the show you show that you are having kind of a distance at the same time as you are in love with it so you can actually like in love love peace peace you kind of yeah, you make fun of the competition, but in an, in a in a loving way. And if you have done that, then I think you have the man mandate or the authority to take it seriously. Uh, so in the I think in the interval acts uh, that are made here in Sweden in festivalen it's a lot of meta. Do do you call it meta humor that we kind of make fun of ourselves and the and the competition as such, and that actually makes it possible to. To take the competition seriously when it when it starts and then i think the magical thing is that building up to the final if you go and have like six shows before the final and you go around to different i mean small cities have hosted um, the, the the semifinals in sweden and that you know if you come to a smaller city uh with this national show you know everyone is the, the whole city uh becomes alive and and you know for one week they will live for this and there are so many volunteers working with it and so they make a buzz about it and if you go around sweden and make this buzz and it builds up to this final i think everyone in the country feels like they are part of it and that is not just something happening in stockholm and uh that you don't care about that um that you actually build, you, yeah, it's like you build up to it. And also the thing is here in Sweden that it's possible to make a career out of festivalen. Um, so you know that if you win or if you do, uh, you don't even have to win, but we, we have this uh, girl who sang a song uh, just with a guitar, Clara uh, Klingenström. um, Klingeström, quite a serious song actually about leaving a bad relationship and uh, I mean she didn't win but her song and her career is just moving up like this. In that way, I think it has become a little bit of what the idol has been. Uh, isn't it like that in the UK that after that you can really make a career? And I think the melody festival is is the same. Whereas that I, I whereas I have understood that in other countries it isn't. You can participate and then it's you just maybe are forgotten again. But here is yeah. So I think those three things: being able to make a good career after it. Uh, Building up in many shows
2: and then having a lot of humor. There you go. Write them down, BBC. (laughs) Petra has has spoken. I know. (laughs) Finally,
0: I asked the question.
2: (laughs) I know Krista said a few years ago. uh, Krista Bjorkman, of course, he said a few years ago that he would have been interested in helping the BBC turn their fortunes around. Uh, If the BBC rang you, Petra, to come and host a a show, would you do it? Mm -hmm. In a heartbeat. Really?
0: Really? I, I mean, I worked with um, uh, BBC and Graham Norton, and I'm so amazed by how professional the English telly, or at least BBC is. One thing I can tell you is that here in Sweden, we usually don't work with prompters. So you have to learn everything you say. You know, you have to learn it by heart. And when I came to um, London to, to do this 60s... Uh, sorry, your vision that show uh i was um i just said uh i'm i'm not, I'm not going to be able to 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 do this uh, i mean i can't learn all the text and then i worked with simon proctor who is just wonderful um and he said you don't have to learn anything petra we've got proctors and i just said si- what are you saying simon and i just looked everywhere there were there were signs saying what i was supposed to say you know there was a camera and just beneath it or just there everything so I could actually just I know I hardly had to I had to prepare but it was it was great wow, and so I was just yeah so I would absolutely come, I would absolutely come yes if my English is good enough I, I I I now I see that I'm forgetting words but I know I can get into it absolutely Pedro and it doesn't matter
2: it doesn't matter if your English isn't good enough because it's on the prompter. you just have to read what it says <laughs>
0: exactly exactly but how should I improvise I will improvise anyway oh yeah no I think my English is fine I'm actually amazed by this interview, how I think I have a lovely accent. I I lose words, but I, you know, and I remember at school, I always wanted to be British. So when I was like eight, I said, I'm Petra, yes, of course I can. I I try to sound like a snobby (laughs) English person. I would love to come. I would love to come, yes.
2: So Petra, next year, when the BBC does six shows from six different cities, shall we pencil you down for Newcastle? Do you want to come and do the show in Newcastle?
0: of course of course yes Newcastle it sounds uh, it sounds yeah castle and you two good words yes absolutely <laughs> and most can do the city before and then we end up together uh, in the finals in London
2: perfect let's see what happens um, yes Petra one last one from me if we were going to change something about the Eurovision Song mm-hmm. Contest if you were allowed to choose one thing to change What would it be? What would you like to see different at the contest going
3: forward? Uh,
0: Well, I think, now I'm speaking from my point of view, because I, since I'm a comedian, I would like to have a lot of uh, comedy, more and more comedy in the Eurovision Song Contest. And I also would like the the, the people commentating on the, you know, the national commentators, that they don't speak when the hosts are speaking, because then we miss, you know, I've seen the Eurovision Song Contest from 2012 being held, being show showed in other countries. And then when I speak, it's the commentators that are just saying other things. So they lose all the manuscript that we have written, all the jokes, all the, and I think that When the hosts speak, you can have subtitles instead so that you don't miss the all the fun that we
2: have prepared. So, Petra, you mentioned that dream you had earlier on about participating at Melody Festival And Is there any chance that we'll ever see you host Melody Festival again? Because we've seen you do it twice before and we've seen you do Eurovision twice before. We'd love to see you on that screen again.
0: Oh, thank you so much! I hope you are talking for 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 many people, uh, and uh, you know, I don't close any doors. I love your vision. I love Molde Festival, and, and it will always be a part of me, absolutely.
2: Perfect stuff. Well, Petra, what a journey we've mm-hmm. been on over the last yes. goodness knows how long. Honestly, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you. Thank you so oh, much for all your you wonderful so much, stories.
0: Uh, it was a pleasure. I hope I didn't. Uh, I hope you got some answers, you know, or have answers as at least, because I talk so
2: much. (laughs) (laughs) No, honestly, Petra, what a pleasure. Thank you so much for joining us.
1: You're listening to The Eurotrip, the world's favourite
2: Eurovision podcast. There she is, Petra Merda, soon to be three times host of the Eurovision Song Contest. Only one other person has been able to say that in the past. Katie Boyle who hosted it four times between 1960 and 1974. Who knows, maybe Petra will do it again if Sweden wins in the near future. Uh, We'll just have to wait and see. Well, thanks so much for joining me uh, for this emergency episode of the Euro Trip. Plenty of episodes to keep you busy this week. If you haven't caught up with Melfest Monday from us yet, that is already in your feeds as I'm joined by Gustav Darlander and Ben Robertson to round up everything from Melfest at the weekend. Plus, I'm joined by Liamo, Diasara, and Engmans capel as they prepare to perform in Heat Number Two this coming weekend. Uh, We'll also be back with you on Wednesday this week for your regular episode of the podcast as we widen the scope and focus on all things Eurovision. So in the meantime, don't forget you can follow us online. We are at Eurotrip Podcast on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok and Threads. We are hello at EurotripPodcast.com on the email. Uh, You can head over to EurotripPodcast.com as well to read all of our exclusive stories. And if you would like to support what we do here on the podcast, you can do that over on buymeacoffee.com forward slash Eurotrip podcast. As well, don't forget to subscribe, leave us a review and rate us five stars. From me, James, it is goodbye.